every once in a while, a person or an event comes along that's only sole purpose, its very reason for existing is to put a stamp on history, to become legend. Now, I remember exactly what was happening in my life when that game was starting. Anticipation, yeah, you, you could definitely say that. The series was tied at 3-3, one game left. Just one year prior, my team, my city, my guy, and he is my guy, as you're surely going to come to find out, would undergo paralyzing heartache, one that cannot be justly expressed in words. The prodigal son's return, derailed by injury. Not to him, no, 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 to his teammates. Two starters, actually. But there I was, the basketball gods had shown grace to the king, yes, the king, we are all witnesses, we've been witnessing it for 17 years, I'm sure you'll recall, or at least you should unless your entrance into the uh, sporting arena was just yesterday. It was 2016, my LeBron James-led Cavaliers had haymakered their way back from a 3-1 deficit to the best team ever assembled at that point. That's debatable, but they did boast the best NBA record in history of uh, a record of 73-9. and That was previously held by the towering Chicago Bulls in 1996, who held the best season up until that point at 72-10. and so you'll remember the three ball of J.R. Smith. You'll remember the relentless rebounding of Tristan Thomas. You'll recall the impressive transition Kevin Love made. He was a 20 and 20 player for the Timberwolves, basically the face of the franchise. He ended up becoming a third option, rebounding, shooting the ball behind the magic of Kyrie and the utter dominance of LeBron. All huge roles filled to the best of their ability. They'll be remembered for their greatness and their contribution to what was an iconic moment in history but it would pale in comparison to the two events that took place in that final Game 7. They're burned into our memories for eternity. There was about seven minutes left. Andre Iguodala had just stolen the ball on a bad pass and was firing up the court on a fast break. When he started up, he was about 15 feet ahead of LeBron. He passed the ball to Curry just to break up the defense a little bit. And like clockwork, Curry dished it back for an easy layup. Or so they thought. Like a hurricane, out of nowhere, literally out of nowhere, LeBron James gave us the block. Jumped so high that he had to bend his head back to the side, or he might have flown right through the backboard. The athleticism, the drive, the sheer determination and will to not be beaten, the man became a god. And what was a complete back-and-forth battle between two incredible teams, it was between, literally moments later, between Kyrie staring right in the face of former champion Steph Curry, steps right, and buries what we would know, or later come to call, the shot. Absolutely poetic. The man became legend in front of the entire world. Now, as you know, the Cavs continued to battle. As the clock ran to zero, it was complete. Standing there in the Chase Center, home of the Warriors, LeBron James, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and the people of Cleveland became NBA champions for the first time in history. LeBron's final words that season, face streaming with tears of joy, excitement, fulfillment, relief, grabbed the mic and said, Cleveland, this is for you.
POV Podcast. We're back, guys. It's FanPop. Mike, Jake, how we doing? Oh, Kev, man, you just brought me down memory lane. I remember that game like it was yesterday. One of the best moments, and uh, we did it. Yes, we did, man. I'm telling you right now, I remember everything about it. I remember where I was. I was emotional, man. It absolutely still gives me goosebumps just to think about all that, how it, how it went down, man. Kev, J- Kev, we're, me and my buddy, we're working at Putin bay Mr. Ed's on the island bartending. In the last like three minutes, people are trying to order drinks. We're like, we're not serving you right now. It's no. the Cavs. It's no. game seven. Hold on, buddy. You'll get your PBR later. You'll get your Ex- captain and Coke. I'm exactly. witnessing history right now. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> yeah, not happening. Sorry about that. It's so true. It's like, man, how could you in, how could you do anything but watch the TV at this point in time, man? This is uh, this is the most important event, at least in my uh, in, in my lifetime. Jake, how you doing, man? Ironically, uh, Mike's no longer employed at uh, that same bar he mentioned on Point Bay Island after that uh, incident. No, I'm just joking. I'm good, you guys. I'm uh, I'm excited to talk about the NBA. Uh, I think you guys are gonna uh, do give me some education on some stuff. Uh, we'll go from there and uh, hope to learn a thing or two from you guys. Yeah, well, look, you guys alluded to it, and uh, maybe I alluded to it, but as everybody has guessed, yeah, we're switching gears. We're going to jump over to the NBA. We've been doing all NFL, and don't get me wrong, you guys know we love the NFL. That's where our heart is, but I uh, I crave NBA, and I, uh, I'm super, super, super excited. We, uh, we don't have any exact dates as to when this season will resume, but we are very hopeful that it will resume. In fact, what we're starting to hear some chatter that a plan's being formed, and for that, we're super hopeful. So, This is what we're going to do. Let's dive right in, guys. I know that a lot of time has lapsed since the season has been, you know, actually underway. But I want to talk about the three top contenders from the East and the top three contenders from the West. I want to remind our listeners that records can be deceiving, especially in the regular season. If they have the best record in the East or the West, that does not necessarily determine how they will do come playoff teams. What we know is that there are regular season teams and there are playoff teams. And that's what we want to talk about today. Also want to talk about one or two major disappointments. And I can think of a couple, I don't want to give any away outside of, you know, maybe the obvious and, you know, in the Rockets, how they've acquired Russell Westbrook and hasn't necessarily come to fruition. Maybe Philly, they got a lot of talent, a lot of first round draft picks. We were talking about, you know, trusting the process with these guys, but maybe haven't seen it come to fruition either. And then to finish up the show, we'll talk about some finals predictions, some winners and whatnot, but let's not delay. Mike, I want to talk about the East right now, and I want you to go ahead and talk about one of your your top three teams as a contender. And I got to come up with another nickname. I was about to call you something referring to the Dolphins, but we're on NBA now, man. I I wonder if I'm going to have to come up with something here to, uh, to, to grind your gears a little bit, but go ahead and talk to me about the East. All right, Kev. Well, I'm going to start us off with the Boston Celtics who I see is a major threat from the East. Uh, you got a coach like Brad Stevens. We talk about the Cavs and their journey to get to the finals a few years ago. Brad Stevens was giving us fits, man. And uh, young Jason Tatum, 6'8", 22 years old. Uh, this guy's got a superstar trajectory all over him. And what the Celtics did is they got rid of Kyrie Irving. And I have a special place for Kyrie in my heart. But Kyrie Irving is he just it's something about him in the locker room. He doesn't get along well with his teammates. He's stubborn and he really disrupted their chemistry last year. So this year they bring in Kemba Walker, whose leadership shows up day one. This guy's got a lot of assists going. He's leading the young players like a Jalen Brown, show them how to lock down and get better in a and let's not forget Gordon Hayward's coming off that horrific injury, and he looked like himself this year. 
So a couple of stats I like about them. They have the least seventh the least amount of uh, turnovers. Um, they're fourth overall in defense efficiency. Yeah. And, uh, they, they, they just play good together. Like, you know, you watch basketball and you can see good chemistry. These guys play good chemistry basketball. They communicate. They talk. They switch off of screens. And there's there's no real eye in this team. And I think that goes back to their head coach, Brad Stevens, who in my totally. opinion is a top five coach in the league. But that's totally. one of my, my picks right there. Yeah, look, let me weigh in on this. So check it out, man. You you know I got love for Kyrie. You you know I do, man. That that like I was talking about before in the intro, the shot, everything he did, you know, as a Cavalier, and not to mention just his just his skill set alone. He's got to be, in my opinion, top three finisher by the rim that's ever lived. I mean, his off the dribble, getting guys off of their mark, the way he drives the ball, and the way he can finish when you got seven foot bigs in the paint, the dude is just unique. But brother he is a he's a locker room killer and that has yet to yeah. be disproven that is yet to be disproven man i mean he ran himself out of cleveland brief stop with boston wasn't great leadership was lacking um yeah no no question they they jettisoned him out of town i think he he didn't mind too much but guys i love the celtics love how they play defense think about this lineup kemba walker jalen brown gordon haywood jason tatum and you know they got Daniel Thies as a center, and he's he's you know they he's they've got Eans Cantor as well, but center's not the position I'm looking at. But those four players, um, defense, offense, any way you want to cut it, coached by Brad Stevens. Yeah, I like those boys a lot. I agree with you, Jake. What do you think? Anything on Boston? You guys hit a lot of uh, basically all the main points I was going to bring up. I, I I can't agree with you guys more about Kyrie Irving and him getting out of there. Just some people are just Kansas for locker rooms, you know. Uh, you could name a hundred people in any sport that just disrupt the chemistry of what people are, you know, the team is trying to do. Brad Stevens is a humble guy. He comes from uh, Butler, where you know he played or he coached Gordon Hayward and took them all the way to, uh, you know, no one even thought they're going to be in the in the Final Four like they were back in the day. But I like that combination. When they signed Gordon Hayward, I thought that was a, a killer move for them. Obviously, like Mike mentioned, that that horrific makes me almost throw up in my mouth thinking about injury and the way he twisted that uh, ankle down there. But now, like you said, he's back and healthy, you know, especially this time off right now, he's got nothing but that. I also like Marcus Smart off the bench. You know, he's kind of like a little bit of an enforcer. He kind of like puts a little, I guess, attitude towards the team or with the team. Uh, you know, I, there's a lot about them I like, and I actually had them marked as well. It makes me a little nervous that they're 11th in points overall in the NBA. You know, you can get around that, especially if you had the defense like Mike had mentioned. They, they have a lot going for them. You know, between Kemba Walker, the veteran, Marcus Smart veteran, you got Gordon Hayward, who's healthy, and the two young guys that are hungry. And I, I like Brad Stevens, not to mention, and Kevin, you just pointed on it all too well earlier, there's no LeBron James in the East anymore. Totally. There's no, yep. way to, there's no one to stop him. Yep. No, no, no LeBron James, no Kawhi Leonard. Um, it's definitely, they, they, they lost some, uh, they lost some players and don't get me wrong. LeBron wasn't there last year, but, but Kawhi was there. Um, he's not there anymore. I'm surprised nobody mentioned Taco Fall guys. He's nine feet tall playing in the NBA. You guys, uh, you guys have mentioned <laughs> Taco him, Fall. I, huh? had, I had him, I had him in my notes. You know, the funny thing is he can only play for so long in a game because his heart will implode. Oh, no so question. It's a unique factor. Yeah. He yeah, is, no uh, he's a, he's a character. I love watching him play in that central Florida. Yeah, it's cool. There's one of these guys on YouTube that does a meme of him, and uh, man, he's got his mannerisms down perfectly. It would make you, it make you bust up, guys. I do want to. Before I ask you about another another team here, Jake, I do want to talk a little bit more about Kyrie. I'm sorry, but you know, Kyrie is near and dear to my heart. I don't want to leave a bad taste in anybody's mouth and make people think I'm a Kyrie hater. 
I do think he's got problems in the locker room. I think that's evident, but my God, there's nothing you can do, in my opinion, to create that type of mentality. The kind of mentality he has is a killer on the court. Only a couple players that I've ever seen with my eyes play the game that have a similar mentality. Kobe is one of them. And that should tell you right there what kind of company I put Kyrie in as a competitor. So I hope, man, and again, I, I it's not like I'm a Nets fan, but I hope just for Kyrie because he, he helped win us a chip, Mike. He helped win us a chip. I hope he can write his uh, – I kind of hope he can write his story a little bit better and uh, potentially learn to, uh, I guess, blend in a little bit more with the norm and not be such a thorn in people's side, man, because he, he he owes himself a legendary career. Either way, Jake, let's move on. Um, talk to me about one of your teams, one of your strong teams in the East. Well, I'm surprised Mike went with the uh, Celtics. I figured that's the one I was going to point on. The obvious one is the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, there's nothing much you can say about them that everybody that's listening doesn't know. You know, you got Giannis, uh, Chris Middleton. He's kind of a question mark for me sometimes. You know, he shows up when he needs to sometimes. And the other points, he uh, he just kind of disappears on us. So you've seen it enough in the playoffs last year. But the, the fact is that they got Kyle Korver, too. They can also nail the three and get some big shots for him, too. That wears it on the team. They got the Lopez brothers. Uh, I always like Brooke. He's been on there for a while. The other one, eh, you know, nothing crazy, but... That's a little bit more veteran leadership, and you got Eric Bledsoe as well too. I, it's hard for it's hard not to like them. They have you know they lead the they lead the league in um, points per game and rebounds per game. That's something that you know carries no matter who you're playing. It, and they are twenty eight and three at home. And being the first seed, you know obviously they're going to have a little home field event or a home court advantage. I understand that you play back and forth, but at the end of the day, you know game seven is going to be at home, whether or not they need it or not. I just think that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard to go against you know Milwaukee. They're they're pretty stacked, and they always have been ever since Giannis and, and them got everything together. Yeah, it's it's always been a question of Giannis, in my opinion. And don't, and don't get me wrong, they I don't think, at least in my opinion, I wouldn't I wouldn't call Middleton a, a superstar. I think he's a great number two, but I, I certainly wouldn't call him a star. Um, Eric Bledsoe, maybe four or five years ago, was ascending in that direction, but no, certainly not. Though I do like their depth. I, I like their shooting. Don't forget about old boy Kyle Korver. He's, Kyle Korver's still got some wheels on him, man. If he <laughs> could get up and down the court, he will drain that three in your eye every single stinking time. So don't sleep on him. But also, I'm surprised George Hill is, uh, you know, he's back up to Eric Bledsoe, point guard, but he's uh, he's leading their team in three-point percentage. So, you know, I like their depth. I've I've always loved Brooke Lopez, man. And, and don't, don't hate on Robin either. You know, Robin's not terrible. Um, you got that great hair, so you got to love that. Um, Mike. Talk to us about Milwaukee. Um, anything to weigh in there? I mean, obviously, you've got something to say. Giannis yeah. is he's he's once in a generation type athlete. Um, I want to see if he can be once in a generation player. There's a there's a very big difference. Talk to me about Milwaukee. Giannis right now, I mean, he's having an MVP type season. Uh, 20, 29 points a game, 14 rebounds a game, six assists. And the, the amazing part about it, he's only averaged like 30 minutes a game, 31 minutes a game on the court. So length is their story, though. You watch these guys between Middleton, Giannis, uh, Lopez, trying to throw the ball around, pass the ball. There's so many different steals and pass deflections they get and blocks they get. Um, this is the number one defensive uh, efficiency team in the league, fifth allowing most points while scoring the most points. So if you think about those right. two stats, right, they are scoring the most points a game, 118.6 po- points, and only allowing 107 points. So 
And at the end of the day, they get a lot of easy layups, a lot of buckets. Uh, Giannis is just on a different level right now, something we haven't seen. The story will be in the playoffs, though. Chris Middleton and Eric Bledsoe are going to have to really step it up because at the end of the day, Giannis is going to be like LeBron in his early days with Cleveland, where the focus is going to be on him. They're going to be bumping him around, and uh, playoff basketball is a little bit different. But uh, I love Giannis. I love this team going forward. They're the clear favorites, and uh, for a good reason, I would say, too. Yeah, um, you you make make great points all the way across the board. Um, here's here's a couple things. I don't want to get too far down this road yet because I have a feeling this this discussion is going to come back up a little bit later on in the show. But when you're looking at playoff matchups, we've talked about how the East doesn't have a, a very very strong pool of teams right now. I, I have three or four that I like to be competitive there. Um, I don't see any way in my mind with Milwaukee not playing in the finals this year um when they do they will have de- de- uh, defensive difficulties and I'll get into that later I have a couple thoughts and I want to get your guys opinion on them um Mike let's stay with you talked about uh talk about another team who else do you like out in the east all right and obviously this team isn't having the best uh season of the year you know but uh I gotta go to the 76ers man they got way too much talent to not be doing better and when it gets to playoffs, um, you know, it's a competitive nature. I look at someone like Joel Embiid. If he stays healthy throughout the playoffs, he's given Giannis nightmares in his career. He's a big man. He can shoot from outside. He passes the ball very well. We got Ben Simmons, a 6'10 point guard. You know, this guy's thrown assists. He's thrown dimes all over the, the uh, courts these days, 8.2 a game. But also, very importantly, stealing the ball, 2.1 steals a game. Uh, Tobias Harris, he needs to step up for his contract, but he's got a nice outside game. Al Horford comes in, makes these guys with that veteran presence. He knows how to win. He needs to toughen, you know, the mentality of Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. And overall, these guys are playing great defense this year, and they're top 10 assists as a team, so the ball is getting moved around. But the ultimate question is going to come down, and Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, can they coexist? Because these guys are top uh, 20 talent in the league, both of them, and they got too much talent not to get it done. So I'm going to keep going 76ers. I'll go down with that ship. Um, but what do you guys think? What are your thoughts on them? Well, not a I lot, won't. my friend. Not a lot. Yeah, I, I'm. I'll, I'll weigh in a little bit. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk too much about them. It's funny, Mike. And this is. I guess I'll. I'll just go ahead and reveal this now. They're actually one of my bigger disappointments. And um, yes, we can't necessarily speak just to record. But I watch this team a lot. See, I love, at least I I used to love Ben Simmons. I know uh, he's kind of a LeBron guy. Um, LeBron mentored him a lot coming up. Um, I just don't see why him and Joel Embiid are not meshing better. The crazy thing about it is that Ben Simmons is not a shooter. He's a pass-first guy. He should be feeding Joel Embiid constantly, constantly. Not to mention you got Tobias Harris. He's, he's an all-star. He's a great basketball player, plays a decent role. Al Horford picking up Al from the Celtics, biggest steal of the offseason, or should have been. Josh Richardson, he's not a bad player. But the point is, you're right, this team is loaded, absolutely loaded with talent. Now, now outside of their starting five, I'm not a huge fan of really anybody on this squad, to be completely honest. They're serviceable, but I don't love their bench. But in my opinion, this team will not look like this next year guaranteed one of these boys has to leave and mike if you just answer me this question if you're starting a franchise right now ben simmons or joel Embiid, because in my opinion these guys are clashing the process the process everybody's been waiting for 
they, they can't run this out another three years. And they got to get value for one of these guys. So who do you like? <laughs> I got to keep Ben Simmons because he's on the court. I think Embiid's the bigger talent. But, uh, you know, availability is such an important part of it. And if you got number one player off the court all the time, how do you build serious chemistry? Uh, but I will just say this before I go any further. They were one Kawhi Leonard shot away last year of possibly getting to the finals. And, you know, talent wins in the NBA. You need superstars to win. Very few teams win without the superstar power. And Embiid and Simmons both have it. Although slightly underperforming, they have the potential to be, you know, two top five players in this league as long as they can develop and uh, build that chemistry. But, Kev, long story short, I, I would go with Simmons over Embiid. How about you, man? Well, let me just say this. Um, no, and, and I like your points on center. I absolutely do. I like your points on, I'm sorry, on, on Joel Embiid not being healthy and, and at the center position, you, you definitely need stability. Um, but I would take him over talent alone in hopes he could stay healthy. And, uh, dude, to be completely honest with you, I think the main hiccup here that is why they're falling so short from what they did last year is Jimmy Butler, man. Look, love him, hate him. The dude is a leader, and he makes you, absolutely makes you come to play. If you don't, he'll make you very uncomfortable. And there's a reason those guys showed, you know, they were showing out last year. Jimmy Butler is gone, and look where Miami is. Yeah. Ahead in, the, ahead, ahead in the charts above the 76ers. Jake, where you at? Kevin, you stole a lot of my thunder, my man, but you, you know, great minds think alike. I, uh, right on. I agree, I agree 100%. Ben Simmons and Embiid, I mean, it's been two seasons now they've been talking about, you know, in the offseason who they're going to get rid of because they, they they just do not clash together. There's too many – both of them want to be the alpha. And, you know, when when, when you're not feeding one or the other their, their alpha uh, mentality, you know, this is causing problems. Uh you said it with Jimmy Butler, you know, he went to the heat and he's been on record to say like, yeah, these two just didn't get along. It was even in the locker room, even just meshing with each other, you know, like they just, they just are not friends. They don't get along. I agree with you. I would also take him beat in the hopes that he can get healthy or stay healthy simply because you hear in all the NBA circles when the off season's going on and you should be training and getting better and doing the drills Ben Simmons is out there on Instagram, you know, posing for this, posing for that, doing this and doing that. If you if you were dedicated to the game, you, you'd be in the gym. You'd be doing something. You know, other basketball players put their stuff on Instagram and all that good stuff and social media. But it's them training, doing stuff in the gym. Ben Simmons is out here, you know, riding jet skis or, you know, hanging out with this, this chick or that chick. I, I just don't like him as a someone who's super serious about the game or uh, he just not he just doesn't seem focused. Uh, that being said, too, I. The fact that they lost Jimmy Butler, and uh, we didn't even talk about J.J. Redick, too, is off that team as well. Oh, absolutely. I just don't, He's a leader. You know, that, He's a leader. J, 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 yeah, J.J. Redick's a leader, man. He's a leader. You're, you're spot on with J.J. I, yeah, I didn't even think about J.J. Yeah, he's big-time loss. Playing for the Pelicans. And they, yeah, and the thing is, too, is the craziest stat about Philadelphia, they're, they're 10 and 24 on the road. 10 and 24. You look at the eight the eight teams that are quote unquote seated for the the East playoffs. There is not one that has as many losses on the road as as, uh, as Philadelphia. Granted, they do have a nice home record. They're twenty nine and two. It's actually the best. You know, even Milwaukee's twenty eight three. But for, like, but then again, Milwaukee's also twenty five and nine. We talked about Boston. They're twenty three and nine and at home, twenty and twelve on the road. Totally ten Great 10, points. And 20, 10 and twenty ten and twenty four. Huge That's points. 
that is an insane number to think about for a team that you think is going to make a run, especially now that the sixth seat or as of right now that the sixth seat, obviously they're going to not have a whole lot of uh, the seven game seven or whatever, as far as they're going to be down. If they keep playing like that on the road, you know, you start on the road. Oh, oh, and two already. Like you're already in the hole. I just, I don't see it myself. Let me, let me, go ahead. Oh no, you're fine. And then let me just tell you this. Um, the time to correct that is regular season. Newsflash, gentlemen, with COVID, regular season's about it. It's about up. You know what I mean? So these things, I, I just don't know that you can fix it. And the guy's got to play away. You know what I mean? Guy's got to play on the road. No, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's it's big time. Here's here's one last comment on Ben Simmons. Man, he's huge. He's fast. He's athletic. He passes the ball. He's he's a good player. Why in the hell does he not learn how to shoot? <laughs> come come on now. I mean, the, 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 I mean, no. But, but look, and I'm not even hating. I'm not hating on the fact that he's he's absolutely athletic enough. But I've I, at least what I've heard, and obviously I hear the same stuff you guys hear. But I've heard he's not an extra time in the gym type person. I hear he's not that guy. I hear he relies exactly on what his skill sets are. The fact is, is if the dude could hit a mid shot. A midway jumper, occasionally pop out behind the arc, dangerous, absolutely well, that, that was, dangerous. And that was my point about when I when I brought him up as far as like who you would keep. His social media accounts, you know, they're blowing up with all everything but being in the gym. To that point, like you would think he'd work on something if if he really cared, you know. Yeah, and, and look, man, to that point, I'm all for dudes having fun, but absolutely, man, from a fan's point of view, we're super vested in you. We love you. Show me shoot, show me a video of you shooting that ball, man. You want to get me super stoked? I'll go out and buy your shoes tomorrow if you show me something. You know, shooting a ball. I don't want to see you wearing your shoes. I want to see you shooting a ball. Yeah. Either way, let's let, let's let's keep going. Jake, talk to me about another team in the East. Who else do you like? So it's kind of a little uh, little dark horse, not quite. But I got a. I like the Miami Heat. You know, you guys. Are, we already talked about Jimmy Butler. It's you know leader of men. You got Jay Crowder there too. Is also a veteran. They got just a young. They have the youngest team in the playoffs right now, as far as just hungry cats that want something. And you got Jimmy Butler leading lead the way. I like that a lot. Uh, you know, we could say what you want about Eric Spolstra and the fact that you know he had the damn near one of the greatest teams assembled in Miami when LeBron and all and Dwayne Wade and all of them won it. But he still at least has the playoff experience. Mm-hmm. Not to mention Pat Riley might be the Bill Belichick of the uh, NBA, just being the emperor of everything. Like that man knows what he's doing as far as uh, it comes to managing a team and everything like that. I just think uh, as far as the East goes, and, and we've predecessed on a little bit, it's not the greatest you know conference between the two. I, I like Miami as, as as my third one as the one getting it, uh, the top three. I guess, dude, you stole you stole it from me. I, I love Miami. It's it's crazy. I mean, I don't I don't love them to come out of the East. I don't love them to make a finals appearance. But man, I, I absolutely love their grit. All right, I want you guys to tell me, Mike, who of these players do you know? Duncan Robinson. He went Bam. to Michigan. I know him. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh, okay, there you go. Bam Etabai. <laughs> Bam Etabayu. Myers Leonard. Sorry, Myers Leonard. Kendrick Nunn and Jimmy Butler. That is their starting five. Yeah. Who in the who in the hell are these guys? And they and they've got the fourth. They got the fourth seed in the uh, in the East. I love it. 
I absolutely not. They, they do have Gorgon Dragic on there. They've got Jay Crowder. They got, you know, Kelly Olenek. They've got, they just signed Audrey Iguodala. He hasn't really played. Obviously, he got signed in the midst of COVID. But um, the fact is, is you talk about a team with absolutely zero star quality outside of Jimmy Butler. Um, pretty impressive to be sitting at number four. For that reason alone, I was going to throw him in there because I know they're going to compete. They will absolutely beat the hell out of a team that, that ends up taking the series, but they're going to leave them worse for wear. Uh, Mike, what do you think about that? What do you think about Miami in the East? Yeah, I just don't think they got the experience or the age. Um, you know, they are an up and coming team. I do think Jimmy Butler brings a, a you know a different sort of toughness to it. But at the end of the day, in the playoffs, uh, I go with experience and I go with talent. And uh, they got some talent, but they don't got the experience of those big games, big moments. Um, but you guys bring up a good point. And AI is one of those veteran leaders that can come in and really show them this is what we did in Golden State. This is how you become a pro. And, uh, man, you, you got a lot of good good young players for the league. It pains me. Yeah, no it doubt pains about me because I don't like the heat. They, they still wear LeBron, man, and I'm still bitter. I'm still angry. And uh, for being such a Dolphins fan, you you think I'd be able to like the heat too, but nah. No, no, uh, no, no. I was, th- I was thinking the opposite. They're seeing all the uh, South Beach Thunder. That's why you don't like them. <laughs> yeah. No, See, no one's paying attention. Yeah, no one's paying attention to that four and twelve Dolphins team while the Heat were winning uh, championships. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. But you know what? I, I tell you, Mike. I used to feel that way, man. I, I used to feel so stinking bitter about the decision and about how you know the whole thing went down. I, I, I tell you, man. I remember when the Mavericks beat them. I think it was, what was it, 2011 was their first finals appearance. They were with the Heat and the Mavericks. Dirt. And I, I honestly, man, they, they, they healed my heart. <laughs> they literally healed my heart, man. I, I, I couldn't have taken the Heat winning that first go. Um, after that, I was still so enamored with LeBron and still so in love with his game that um, I was actually relieved for him when he won that first chip. And happy for him when he won the second one. Disappointed when he won when he lost the third. Um, no, no, so no. So yeah, I was Ray you know Allen won that so, one. <laughs> oh, totally, totally, man. Ray Allen. It. He 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 owes him. He owes he owes Ray Allen, man. He owes he owes a lot of those guys. They they played well with him, but um, yeah. Let's not let's not get lost there, Mike. Anybody else in the East? I gotta mention, guys. I'm surprised nobody has mentioned the Toronto Raptors. They're 46 and 18, last year's NBA champions. Granted, they are Kawhi Leonard less. Any comments on the uh, on the Raptors, Mike? Yeah, I'll just hold on to our uh, you know underdogs. I know they're the second seed right now, but they're my underdog, and I'll, I'll get di- I'll dive a little bit deeper in that when we get to that section. But uh, at the end of the day, I got the Celtics being the only real challenger to the Bucks. And possibly the Sixers, if they can get along. But uh, it's going to be a tough road for a lot of these teams, man. Because right now, Milwaukee is the best team in the league with the best player in the league. And that's a dangerous dynamic to face in the playoffs, especially at home. Yeah. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Um, All right. Well, look, let's switch gears. Let's go to the West. Jake, let's start with you. And uh, let's go ahead and have you break in the West for us. Who do you like there? Why? Give us a little bit of a rundown. Hey, Kevin, if it's okay, I wanted to comment on Toronto too real quick, uh, and I'll, I'll jump right into that. Real quick, though, I, I had Toronto in my notes as well. Uh, 12th in points, 12th in rebounds. I just feel like they have all killers, no, or all fillers, no killers on their team after they lost uh, Kawhi. I like Nick Nurse as a head coach, but yeah, they were in my notes, but I just don't see – I'm not a believer in them. To the West, though, I want to take the uh, – 
I'll let Mike have this one. So I'm going to go with the Clippers right now. They're fourth in points per game. They're third in rebounds per game. They're, you know, 44 and 20. Took Even last year without Kawhi Leonard, they took Golden State to seven games in the playoffs. And now you add Kawhi Leonard to the team and everybody else they did. You know, Doc Rivers is a decent. I would say Doc, obviously he's been there, you know, before with the Boston Celtics. He knows what he's doing. He's he's a seasoned vet. That team alone, just the experience and everything they do. I like I like the Clippers. They're they're definitely one of my teams to uh, make the top yeah, as far as top threes in the West. So, um, Mike, I'll I'll have you weigh in on the Clippers because there's a lot to talk about. And Jake, yeah, man, very impressive what they did last year. Mind you, not only did they not have Kawhi Leonard, they did not have Paul George either. Um, those are the two major acquisitions in this this uh, this free agency. I would say outside of Anthony Davis. Um, getting those two superstars is next level in every way. Not to mention they're joining a team, you know, that already had Lou Williams there, who, you know, if I'm not mistaken, is multiple six man of the year and just as savvy as a vet that you could possibly have. Patrick Beverly, absolutely a menace on defense. And people people try to underrate Pat, but look, I don't care about his physical attributes. The dude will pester you to the point where you want to pull your hair out, and that is invaluable. So um, as much as I hate it, I love what you're saying. Yeah, the Clippers are, are, are definitely a team to watch. Mike, what do you think about the Clippers? And give me a team out there in the West. Oh, man, I'm going to ride the Clippers. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, I mean, we watched him last year take over to playoffs. One of the most special runs I could possibly remember. Um, every game, he's making a big play and destroyed another dynasty. Yes, that's right. The Warriors dynasty was shut down, and the Heat was shut down from this man. You get this guy on what was already a very formidable, uh, great chemistry locker room team. Doc Rivers, he has a lot of respect around the league for very good reason. And you talk about COVID and how it can affect the season. COVID's actually going to benefit someone like Paul George, who came off a shoulder surgery and wasn't really himself so far. So you give him a couple more months to heal up, get his body in shape, uh, and and we just talk about the depth of this team. They have a huge amount of good players that come in and make an immediate impact that most teams don't have. Uh, you got Reggie Jackson, Lou Williams, who's, who's usually the sixth man of the year. Montrez Harrell comes in. Uh, they're a top five defense. Uh, and a stat that really stands out about them, too, is they're a top four in offensive rebounds. Offensive rebounds allows you to get those second chances. And uh, I, I really like the Clippers right now. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, you bring those two players in. I mean, what a winner of an offseason you could possibly have. You bring these two studs in, and uh, Doc Rivers has these boys ready to go. They look like they're getting ready just in time for the NBA playoffs. Hey, and not to uh, Mike, let me uh, say, and not to mention, oh, go ahead, to mention they got they got the logo. Jerry West is their uh, GM right now too. He he knows a, a thing or two about basketball. I would say he's putting a, he's put he, yeah, he yeah he put does. something together. He's a major recruiter, man. He he's a major recruiter. Had a huge had a huge hand in in, in Kawhi and Paul George getting there. Um, yeah, there, there there's no question about it. I uh, I get nervous about this team. Um, Doc Rivers is that kind of coach that makes me nervous. He knows the game so well. He knows his competition. That's that's the other thing. He knows how to play the people he's competing against. Um, Here's the thing I don't like, Mike. Paul George, yes, while getting extra time for his shoulder. I like that, but um, he doesn't need time to heal. He needs time to create cohesion between him and Kawhi. If they're going to have a chance, they've got to score a lot of points 
because I'm going to tell you what they don't have is somebody to take care of Anthony Davis on defense. Their starting center, Zubak, you know what do they got? They got backup is, uh, of, of Montrez Harrell. No, no chance. Absolutely no chance of stopping Anthony Davis. So um, they're going to have to score a lot of points, and they ain't able to do that. They need chemistry. I'm oh, not sure wow. they have it. Talk to me about another team, Mike. All right. Or, or go ahead and or, or don't don't let me wrong. Don't give me don't let me steal words out of your mouth. Talk to me about the Clippers. You, do, do you disagree with what I, I, I said? I agree like with the Anthony Davis assessment that it's going to be very hard to shut him down. But I see Leonard and Paul George going to give LeBron James fits throughout the series. Kawhi Leonard is that special on defense. This guy shut him down before, and that was in LeBron's prime at the Heat. He he punked him out pretty good. So I I think uh, the Clippers have the perfect medicine. Whoa. Uh, he ended the dynasty. So oh. um, like, hold 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 uh hold the phone. Shut him shut down. Him down. What what does that mean? He, he had thirty four points in that series that they lost to the uh, to, lost to, the to Spurs. him. They got blown off the courts. Yeah, thirty. He averaged <laughs> anybody he, could score when that. I'm saying he had thirty. Other he, team he, smoking I'm, I'm saying he averaged thirty four points their a game. Champagne on the sideline. I could hey. go in there and score some points. I mean, they got whooped off no, the, f- no, the floor. No doubt, but whooped off the floor with the likes of Tim Duncan, Ginobili. Tony Parker. You know, three surefire Hall of Famers. One of the best dynasties ever. You know what I mean? Not to mention Kawhi Leonard coming in and learning how to play defense in that series. I get they beat him, <laughs> they beat but uh, <laughs> let's get serious, man. That they they were out, they were they they were out, they were outmatched. Not nonetheless, nonetheless. And listen, just to the just to the listeners, you guys will hear a lot of defense, and I will not call it apology. No reason to apologize for uh, LeBron's greatness, but you will hear me defend the man to the day I die. So. Uh, Either way, let's keep going, man. Go ahead and talk to me about another team in the West. Well, you know, the the Denver Nuggets stick out to me. Uh, Joker, I love watching this guy play. Uh, As a center, he just has so much versatility. He passes the ball like a point guard. He has a nice outside range jumper. Um, He seems to make and elevate all the players around him to be better. And uh, he's just so so young, too. But, uh, you know, you got Paul Millsap. I think he needs to get a little bit better overall. But him and uh, the Joker have a very good chemistry together where it's a one-to-one-A, they kind of feed off each other. And Jamal Murray, he hasn't made the jump that they quite need him to. But uh, overall, the Joker I like a lot. Um, Mike, the Malone coach, he's pretty good overall. They don't turn the ball over, so they don't beat themselves, which is a good stat to have. And they have fourth in the league in assists. And what I like about that stat about being fourth in the league with being like you know the most assists as a team, everybody gets involved. Everyone gets involved early. There's not a whole lot of ISO play for these guys. So I feel like when you get the ball on offense and you kind of part of the the rhythm, you have you play harder on defense. Um, but again, Denver is miles behind the Lakers and Clippers in my opinion right now. But anything could happen in a seven-game series, especially with this random season going on right now. And uh, I don't know who's got the answer for the Joker either. He he's going to be throwing fits for both these teams if he uh, ends up playing them. I I don't want to see them. I'd rather see the Jazz personally, in my opinion. Yeah, good points. Here's the deal: um, Den- Denver's a year away, in my opinion. I hate saying that. That's such a that's such a cliche thing to say. But they, they're a year away, in my point. I I, I love Jamal Murray. Um, Paul Millsap's good. He's old. But Paul Millsap's still a, he's still a player. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head, Joker. He he's incredible. I mean, he's uh, my opinion top ten, possibly top five player. There's probably a stretch, but between five and ten in the league, he's fantastic. Um, here's the thing. Here's here's why I say they're about a year away. Michael Porter Jr. sat out sat out the entire year uh, the year before with a back with back injuries, right back problem. Um, 
comes in, leads the team in three-point percentage. Granted, he hasn't played a lot of games, but at the moment he entered in, I think he's got, what, maybe 12, 10, 12 games under his belt. He's been balling. And uh, he's got the athletic ability. He's got the body. Um, I think they're about a year away, but they will get to, if they hold this team together, they will get to the point where they make noise and, uh, and give teams fits. In fact, they're going to be hard out in the playoffs either way. Um, they were hard out last year. So point is, um, yeah, I can agree with you on the Nuggets. Jake, talk to me about the Nuggets. Any, anything to weigh in on there? Do you like them, hate them? What do you think? I won't say I hate them. Uh, I don't have them in my top three as far as uh, the West goes. I just think, like you said, they're, they're a year or two away. You know, Joker is, is awesome, the Joker. Uh, the thing I'm looking at, too, is they're, they're 20th in points per game, 19th in rebounds, rebounds per game. You know, there's only, there's only 30 teams in the NBA, bro, Like, or 32 teams in the NBA, like, let's get that together like that's not that good especially in the west i understand the west is a little bit better but i i like you know like i said i they're not in my top three i just don't think they have the experience you mentioned a lot of things about like you know michael porter jr was somebody i was going to bring up but you know you pretty much hit the nail on the head on that one uh i just you know jamal murray he had a he had a game or two in the playoffs last year where he kind of blew up and, and took over the game but then there's games where he just completely disappears and you didn't even know he was on the on the court at all you know, and you mentioned, uh, I'm sorry, you mentioned uh, Paul Millsap. You know, who who knows how long those old legs are going to stand underneath them. I, I'm not mad about the Nuggets as, as far as a pick, but I wouldn't, they're not in my top three. That 20th point, the, the, yeah. the 20 points you know, per game is the one that kind of gets me a little worried about them. But here's the deal, though. You know, they, um, they're 43 and 22. They're third in the West. Very weird year, guys. Think about this. Golden State Warriors dead last. 15 wins on the year. You've got uh, the San Antonio Spurs, 27 and 36, out of it entirely. Uh, The Portland Trailblazers, a major disappointment. Not in playoff contention, sitting at nine. Um, Such a very weird feel in the West this year. And more importantly, you've got the Rockets after 64 games sitting at 40 and 24 at six seed. Now, don't get me wrong. They will play ball in the playoffs, but I don't like them. I don't, I don't like them by any chance. I don't, I, I much prefer the Rockets with Chris Paul. I much prefer the Rockets with Chris Paul. I, I'm not a big Brian, uh, Russell Westbrook fan. I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent into the way these guys match up with each other. Um, so yeah, it's kind of weird how the West is this year. Either way, Jake, let's stay with you. Give me give give me one of your better teams in the West. Who do you like? Well, I thought Mike was going to take this one after I laid up uh, the Clippers to him. I was hoping he would take the Lakers, so I didn't have to sound like you know the the totally the, what's the up? obvious yeah. you know Mister Guy. But uh, I want to go with the Lakers, man. You got LeBron James, you got Anthony Davis. The thing about LeBron being there too is you have players like Dwight Howard, uh, Rondo, Rajon Rondo, uh, Avery Bradley, and uh, Deion Waiters. You know, some of these people, especially Rondo and uh, Dwight Howard, they've had a hard time finding a significant spot to stay in after, you know, their mainstay, you know, with Orlando, with uh, Howard and uh, Rondo with uh, the Celtics. You know, they kind of been bouncing around. Everybody's going to be like, yeah, you know, they know who the big dog in the in the locker room is now, you know. And I think it's almost like they took that that second seat and now they're, they're performing to that. I mean, even Dwight Howard coming off the bench, you know, I know he's, you know, what, 86 years old or whatever, but he's still a big boy, man. I mean, he, he was still first overall pick at one point. He still knows what he's – he has, you know, that that veteran aspect to it. I, there's a lot about that team, especially with uh, Frank Vogel being there, you know, when he coached with the Indiana Pacers. Like, he was a legit coach. You know, he had 
a, a decent squad there. He he turned into something better than what what it was. I like especially because you know LeBron probably had a hand in you know hand picking him as far as the coach. I mean, how can you go against the Lakers? So the first and the, the first in the West. Uh, they're the seventh seventh in points per game and eighth in rebounds. You know, you, you can never rule out LBJ, especially with all this rest right now with the COVID going on. That's only helping LeBron right now. You know, he, as, as great as he is, Kevin, there's one person that's undefeated and it's father time. So, you know, eventually he's going to catch up to him. But this rest right now, I honestly feel like has been, benefited LeBron more than probably almost any any player in the NBA as far as like talent-wise. That's a great point, man. Yeah, LeBron, look, father, of course, father time's going to get with LeBron. There's no way around it, but um, not this year and uh, not next year either. So let me add some points here. Dwight Howard, um, you, do you think the Lakers record has anything to, with, to do with the fact that he holds their uh, their highest three-point percentage this year? Uh, I think he's only taken four, but I think he's made three. Very, very funny. Not not a, not a real stat to hang your hat on. But uh, look, man, Dwight Howard, he's, he's eight points a game, a block and a half per game. That's what they want him in there. He's an absolute rotational guy behind JaVale McGee. Sometimes Dwight's going to start in the ballgame, too. He's nitty-gritty, and, man, I love his attitude. That's been his biggest Achilles heel. That's why he's been jettisoned from team after team after team is because he's not typically a locker room guy. But, you know, LeBron, he knows how to control that. He knows how to make sure guys understand their role. Let's talk about guys like Avery Bradley defensive machine three and d type of guy can get hot any night i love i love avery bradley danny green mike i was going to talk to you a little bit about the raptors check it out i'm sorry not the raptors the clippers danny green Kawhi leonard former teammates of the championship rockets just last year danny green went against Kawhi every single stinking day in defense now i'm not saying he's his you know he's his match by any means but Kawhi's going to get tired because danny green's going to bust his ass <laughs> There's a lot of familiarity there. There's a lot of familiarity there, man. Um, Obviously, we know about Anthony Davis. I want to talk a little bit about the depth. Rajon Rondo, Alex Caruso, Quinn Cook. Obviously, we're not going to get the Quinn Cook a lot. Alex Caruso, probably not going to get a ton of playing time. But Rajon, savvy vet, man. Savvy vet as a backup. Love him getting in the game. Caldwell Pope can get you points. Kyle Kuzma can get you points. Um, This is a good team, gentlemen. And here's the deal. LeBron understands the urgency behind this season. I'm not going to say it's a cakewalk, and I'm not going to say it's a guarantee. Those Clippers looking mean, and they're the only team that can really stand up to the Lakers right now, and they are looking mean, and they're coached by a better coach. And you guys know how I am about leadership. Doc Rivers is a hard man to reckon with, especially if it comes down to these two teams in the West. It's going to be a really, really tough, tough time. Um, But you know I'm going to back my boy. 17 years in the league, um, healthy as a horse this year. You're right, Jake. Time off does his legs good. LeBron is a gym rat, so you know he's in shape, probably in better shape at this point in the in, in the season or the lack thereof than any other person in the league because he's that guy. So look, I can talk all you know till the cows come home about about the Lakers. Um, I won't continue to harp unless asked to. Mike, what do you think about the Watching LeBron and Anthony Davis and how fast these two mesh together, um, I don't know if LeBron James has ever played with a talent like Anthony Davis in his career. So now they have the two top five players on the same team. LeBron's averaging over 10 assists a game. Uh, Anthony Davis, you know, not only does he do on the offensive side of the court, defensively, he's up in the top three for defensive player of the year, 1.5 steals, 2.4 blocks. He's outside, inside. Um, the story is there with those two. You've got kind of the island of misfits with some other guys like Dwight Howard, Avery Bradley, JaVel McGee, you know, Rajon Rondo. And uh, I get it. 
But something I really like about the Lakers this year is their focus on defense. I've not seen LeBron focus on Oh my he's, gosh, he's, yes. He looks like the Miami Heat yes. LeBron where he really, really applied himself every single day. And I think he's doing that to show Anthony Davis, this is what we have to do to get to the next level. And, uh, you know, they're they're number one in shooting percentage. And I think a lot of that comes from the easy looks LeBron and Anthony Davis do with their pick and roll. Um, you know, they, they, they see the court so well together. The one knock I have against the Lakers, though, they, they average 15.1 turnovers a game in the playoffs where every possession means something. They've got to cut it back. And we can talk about the Clippers kind of meshing. The Lakers still have some hiccups on the court, especially, you know, their lineups. Uh, but overall, man, it's it's going to be a battle of the Titans, Lakers versus Clippers, and I can't wait to see it. Yeah, look, you definitely bring up a good point about the turnovers. I know that as well, but I do want you, uh, I do want you to remember one thing. Rajon Rondo has been injury prone. Getting him minutes is crucial. And as they're blending together with the team, there's going to be some turnover as well. I, I think there's some fingers to point, you know, in some other directions. But keep in mind, LeBron is leading the league in assists right now. So when you break down the point guard position, even though you could argue the point guard position is a scoring position as well, it's definitely a facilitator's role. LeBron's occupying both at the highest level ever for a point real quick so um turnovers go ahead kevin i'm sorry go ahead i thought you were done with it my bad no no you're good no no you're good i was going to say the the last thing i was going to mention about it and wrap your guys' head around this and i've seen this lineup dwight howard javel mcgee anthony davis a power forward maybe you can be you can even put him in strong forward bump danny green over to shooting guard lebron at the point that is that is the tallest team ever assembled that's the biggest and most athletic team that's probably ever st- stepped onto a court. I mean, think about it. JaVale um, McGee's probably the odd man out in terms of athleticism, and he jumps through the roof. Anthony Davis is an athlete. Dwight Howard's an athlete. Danny Green's a defense machine. And then you got LeBron at the point. Um, tough to handle that height. Now, don't get me wrong. They will get burnt to death in fast breaks if they keep that team on the court too long. But in crunch time, when they're trying to protect the rim, I don't know that you could find better than that. Jake, what were you going to say? I was going to say, I, I, I heard a stat about Anthony Davis the other day about how the thing that scares me about him as far as him being on the court and everybody's guarding LeBron is he has terrible fourth court stats as far as scoring. Like he, he is like one of the lowest scoring people in the fourth quarter as far as like getting the ball in. I just, I hate to see that, you know, when you see LeBron getting double teamed or whatever towards the end of the game and, you know, you dish the ball up Anthony Davis thinking he's going to be able to score on it. Jake, just, you know, go ahead. Jake, let, let, let me comment on that. Let me drop some knowledge, and I think you'll find this interesting. Do you know who leads the league in fourth quarter scoring? Is it? It cannot be him. Yeah, it's LeBron. So that's the thing. Oh, you're, you're, oh there you're, you go. Yep. You're, so, so you're looking at a switch in roles, and, and mainly one of the reasons that's happening is because people are coming in and they're doubling up Anthony probably because he's been hot all game. You know, the thing and, is, too, and, I just actually – I was looking it up as I was talking to you. Anthony Davis, 120th in fourth quarter scoring. 120th. It needs to change. Trust me. It, it, that, it is a problem, and it's, it's very recognizable. But there, there is a little bit of reason to it. Nonetheless, absolutely needs to change. There's, he can't be scoring that little points in the fourth. That said, um, LeBron crushes the fourth. And I think there could be a little bit of wisdom in the fact that if you're going to have somebody close the game, especially in the finals, um, I love Anthony Davis, but I want LeBron. Even though you know historically he's choked in some, in some big moments, I still want LeBron taking that shot. So um, 
Either way, Mike, let's kick it back over to you. Give us one more team in the West that you like. One more team I like in the West? Well, you know, yep. <laughs> I got to go with the Dallas Mavericks. I, I think they have a good shot. Um, I like Luka a lot. He's one of my favorite players to watch right now. You got a healthy Porzingis coming back. Let's not forget this guy was a top 10 player until he got hurt. He's 7'3", plays his position well. Uh, I think they got a lot of depth overall. And uh, the Mavericks would be somebody that I wouldn't want to see either, uh, you know, as a first round uh, matchup. Yeah, Mavericks, Mavericks are a good team. Luka Doncic, man, he's fun to uh, he's fun to watch. I think uh, one of these days we're going to have to do a podcast if we were going to draft a team. We can draft any players we want. There's an argument to be made that uh, in a lot of minds of the GMs, they're 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 going to select that young man first overall. He has had an impressive impressive year. Um, I I like their team, man. I uh, I like them for what they are. I don't like them this year, but Porzingis, Doncic. These guys are gonna uh, these guys are gonna do something for a long time together if they play their cards right. So I like those guys. I like them as an up and comer at some point. I don't like them this year, but I like them uh, at some point. Jake, let's kick it over to you. Anything on the Mavericks or any other teams you want to add in? Well, yeah, it's funny he mentioned Dallas. You know, we talked about dark horses as far as uh, teams making it. I had Dallas as my dark horse. I, I agree they're they're just a little too young right now. But you know, as far the fact that they lead, you know, they're third third in the league in uh, points per game and fifth in rebounds. You know, you got such young guys with Luca and uh, Porzingis. You know, you still got Seth Curry. You know, the uh, the hated second stepchild brother of the the Curry brothers. <laughs> And you got my man uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. from uh, from Michigan. He knows how to play too. Uh, it's it's quite, it's one of those funny quotes. I'm I'm blanking on the movie, but Kevin Costner plays baseball, and basically the long story short is the premise of the story is he he mentions a quote that says that they are too young to know the situation, and almost that's kind of how I feel about Dallas. Like the whole entire team is too young to understand the situation, you know, like they're naive to being in the playoffs in the big moment. Like they're just playing just to play. Like I, I like that aspect of them. I think they're, uh, they have a lot going for them. I just think that maybe they're just a little too young, just overall. Uh, but yeah, that they're my, they were my dark horse to, as far as the West goes. Yeah. I like that, man. I, I like them as a dark horse. I can see that again. I think, I think some major things would have to happen in the West to allow them to get up there. I think we're talking injuries or, or total meltdowns of certain squads. And I, I just, I see the competition as being too much for them to actually push through this year, but their future is bright. They are one of the brightest teams, in my opinion, in the next two or three years, everybody will be talking about them. Uh, Lucas setting the league on fire. Mike, you mentioned a dark horse earlier. Um, Talk to us about that. The dark horse from the east or the west? Either way. Either way. Let's go ahead and dark dark horses of the league, actually. Let's just go ahead and talk league-wide dark horses. Yeah, and I'll just keep going because the dark horse for me too, Jake, you know, and you say great minds think alike, is was the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, you know, I think when you have two of the top 20 players in the league, and Luca, he's on his way emerging into a superstar. This year he's averaging 29 points per game, nine assists, and nine rebounds. That sounds like LeBron James right there. And I don't say it that really easily. You know, he has the if factor. And when you watch this guy around, you know, the role players, he's giving them easy looks. He's driving. His passing skills are off the roof. In Chris, you know, Porzingis, can we just talk about how the Knicks might be the worst ran franchise in all of NBA history or professional history? We, we, we hammer the Bengals all the time, but the Knicks to just give this guy over for a couple sodas, Mountain Dews, I mean, I don't get it. 
I love watching this guy play. He's seven three. He's got length. He's got a great outside shot. And his his ceiling, you know, Durant calls him the unicorn because his ceiling is that high. Rich Carlo, I mean, we could talk about him. Uh, Tim Hardaway, Seth Curry, Justin Jackson. These are some young players that are going to get better and better as time comes. And J.J. Barea, let's not forget about the veteran uh, leadership. But number one offensive rating in the league right now, they are young. But, again, I can see when you got two of the best players or the top 20 and 25 in the league, anything's possible. Get a couple, maybe get one on the road right away, steal a couple at home, and next thing you know, the Mavericks might be going through it. Yeah, man, you hit the nail on the head. The Knicks letting Porzingis go, absolutely unreal. They, I think, I think they did that um, in hopes to create enough cap space and you know potentially lure you know Kyrie and Kevin and another superstar there. But it's like, man, why on earth would you? Why would you give away Porzingis? There, there's not a superstar in the league that doesn't want to play with Porzingis. Yeah. I mean, the, the dude's incredible. I don't know, man. Yeah, the, the Knicks are a mess, and there's uh, there's no signs of them slowing that train wreck down. Um, Jake, Mike, either of you guys, any other dark horses? Because what I want to switch to after is I want to talk about teams that have disappointed up until this point. We touched on a few of them earlier, but any other dark horses you all want to talk about? Yeah. I'd like to talk a little bit more about the Raptors. Just because they lost Kawhi Leonard, I don't think their window shuts, especially playing the East. Um, I think the East is very, you know, you get a good series versus the Bucks. That's pretty much all you need. Nick Nurse, is he not proving himself to be the best coach in the league right now? These guys, they have so much confidence after being the Warriors last year. Kyle Lowry looks like a completely different player. Somebody who they might have been ditching, now he's going to probably retire the franchise. Uh, Van Fleet. This guy has made the next step. When you put him in Lowry as one of the best top two back, uh, you know, backcourts. And Pascal, this guy's got an upward trajectory, man. I love watching him play. He's getting better and better every time. He's on his way ascending to superstar. Marc Gasol, Serge Ibaka, you got the veteran leadership. Uh, the Raptors might be back for uh, round two in the, the, you know, the championship. Got to get through the Bucks, but at the end of the day, talking about a dark horse and somebody that's going to have the second seed – Everybody's coming to them, and uh, we'll see what happens. Mike, let me weigh in. Um, I, I, I was going to mention this earlier, and uh, it has to be said. Yes, the Raptors did beat the Golden State Warriors last year. Yes, that is that is true. And yes, they did have Kawhi, and that that you know that loss hurts. But there's a couple things we got to remember. One, Kevin Durant was absent. If Kevin Durant was playing in that series, Kawhi Leonard. Um, to be honest with you, probably be a Laker. Um, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds on that, and I don't want to, you know, try to explain. It's going to take twenty minutes, but um, a lot happened with Kevin Durant not being available for the Warriors. The Raptors, yes, they did win, but as soon as they left Kawhi, they became, in my opinion, which is why I've not talked to them up to this point. Um, they've become white noise. They, <laughs> they've had. They, they, they've had years and years and years as the top seed in the East, even when LeBron was there, even when LeBron was there, but never, ever, ever could they get over the hump with the team that they currently have. Okay. The team that they currently have Kyle Lowry, absolutely not that guy. Absolutely not that guy. Remind me, um, I'm having a, I'm having a, a stupor of thought here. Who, who was his running partner? They traded over to the Spurs when Kawhi came in. Um, DeRozan. DeRozan, DeMar DeRozan. Disappeared. Yeah, of 
Exactly. Exactly. Almost out of sight, out of mind, man. Disappearing act. I remember it was in the uh, fourth game of the uh, of the playoffs against the Cavs. What was it? The 2017 season where uh, they actually benched DeMar DeRozan for the entire fourth quarter because I don't think he can mentally hack the pressure. Um, one of their superstar players, they benched him. Go ahead and look that up. That's just 100 percent legit. Um, but yeah, I think the fact that Kawhi is gone, um, I don't see anything about this team other than the fact that they have overachieved without question. Holding the second seed in the in the East right now, they've overachieved. Um, Ved Van Fleet, yes, he he's a great steal. He, he's a great defensive guy. I like him. He's a good he's a good three point guy as well. Um, outside of Kyle Lowry and uh, Siakam, and Siakam's an ascending player, but absolutely not there yet to lead a team. And we know Kyle Lowry cannot do that. And Marcus old. Um, I like them. I, I like even Serge Ibaka coming in as the number two center. But again, old, out, out, out of touch with reality, in my opinion, to think that these cats could uh, could actually make a push. I know, wow. I know, you're they're a dark horse. I know they're a dark horse for you, but um, <laughs> not not this year, not this year. Uh, Jay, get any other dark door. horses? I know. Dang. I'm sorry. I'm just, well, look, man. Look, I've seen too many times LeBron use these guys as a punching bag, and right now. Giannis looks like he put his gloves on, and they're in for another ten years of hell. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see it happening, man. What I used to say about LeBron being in the East, he was the uh, asteroid that killed the Raptors, the dinosaur. You know the whole absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Gabriel, they're all now. We know why the dinosaurs went extinct. Now we know why the dinosaurs went extinct because LeBron James came to Earth. Yeah, I was going to say I, I agree. I mentioned it before they're all fillers, no killers. There's nobody at, on that team that you know. Nobody you want with the ball with the last second shot, you know what I mean? No one you trust. Van Fleet's nice, but I, man, it just yeah, I, I I agree. I agree with you, Kevin. I, I just don't see it. Uh, as far as uh, okay. as far as other long shots, I mean, I mentioned Dallas. I already talked about Miami too. I, I like Miami in the East as far as a, a dark horse long shot. All the things we mentioned before with Jimmy Butler being there, commanding all those young young cats and. Uh, Spolstra being there before and actually, you know, having experience in in the deep run. I, ultimately, I don't think anybody's going to pass the Bucks, but you know, it's a, it's a it's a cute thought, I guess. I think they're a factor. I think they're a factor in that they may whatever team they play in the playoffs, they're they're going to wear down, man. The, the 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 next team that plays that they play against is going to be the benefactor because um, Jimmy Butler's gritty, man. He's gritty. He's going to make you work, and they're going to steal games. Um, so I like them as a dark horse. Again, not getting past Milwaukee. I don't think they would get past Boston either. I, I honestly do think that they would beat the 76ers. Um, I think the 76ers are about to implode. We've already talked about that. Um, guys, let's shift gears very, very quickly before we end the show. I want to talk about a few major disappointments in the NBA this year. East, West, totally up for grabs. I'll go ahead and kick us off. I want to talk about the Houston Rockets, guys, and I'm sure you know why. Um, a team that, in my opinion, and, and don't get me wrong, man, back when the you know LeBron was on the Cavs and they were always getting to the finals, I was hoping so bad that James Harden, Chris Paul, and company would knock off the Warriors because I liked that matchup for LeBron better than I did against the Golden State Warriors. I liked them better against the Rockets in that era. Um, that being said, it never happened. And I think they made a very, very gutsy move in getting Chris Paul out and replacing him with Russell Westbrook. But Clint Capella's gone as well. Clint Capella's gone as well. And I think that that's a major issue for them. I don't like what I've seen so far, being that they're helming the sixth seed. 
I don't like that. I don't like that they haven't made a you know, more improvements throughout the course of the regular season to actually be sitting where they should be. In my opinion, they should be a number two or number three seed, three seed at the worst. I mean, look at this team, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Ben Mecklemore, Daniel House, P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker is their center. P.J. Tucker is their center. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, don't get me wrong. You, you can score and make your game about offense and offense alone, and that's exactly what the Rockets have done. But gentlemen, who are stopping these bigs? I mean, I want to see what the Rockets are going to do when they face Jokic. I mean, what's going to be the answer there, let alone Anthony Davis? So, yeah, the Houston Rockets, man, it's crazy because um, they've got a lot of talent, but not a whole lot of action. What do you guys think? Any disappointments? Jake, let's start with you. Or maybe maybe let's go ahead and comment on the, on the Rockets, whatever you feel. So the Rockets, to me, uh, actually, I guess we never got to it. They were my third team in the West, and they were not my easiest choice. It was kind of a lesser of two evils. You mentioned a lot of points about Harden and Westbrook and the fact that they have zero defense. And not to mention, also zero assists. They, they're 29th in the NBA in assists. Everybody just wants to shoot the rock, which sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's not, you know. Uh, there's still a lot of iso ball there. That's just it. A lot of iso ball there. 100%. And they're second They're second in the league in scoring, though. So it's kind of like the old school. Uh, and we always mention like the Peyton Manning days where, they're, you know, you're just going to outscore the other team, like no matter what the defense does. Um, yeah, the Rockets, man, I, I had them as my third, but it, w- it would not be a hard uh, conviction to get me off that, off that uh, pedestal. So I can't disagree. I mean, they're definitely disappointing to that aspect. There's no reason it's being, being the second highest scoring team in the NBA that you guys have a record that you do and basically fighting to be in the, uh, playoffs. Yeah, no, I, I, great points on the Rockets. I totally feel you on that. Jake, give me another team, East or West, whatever you want to talk about that you feel is a disappointment in your eyes. Um, where are you at with that? So we already talked about the Philadelphia Sixers, uh, 76ers after we ripped on Mike for uh, taking them, but my biggest disappointment was the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, they were totally, they, they challenged the Golden State Warriors last year when they made their run. You know, they went in that 17 overtime game with, uh, with them. And they won it on that last second shot with Damian Lillard. You got Lillard. You got CJ McCollum. You signed Carmelo Anthony, who I, I get it. He's a little bit uh, rustic. But you also brought back your center that you were missing the whole entire playoffs last year in uh, Nurkic. I just don't understand how they how they just fell off the, the face of the earth after all that. Like, I feel like they were going in this season. I thought they were going to be a lot better. I thought, you know, especially Zach Collins and everything, too, coming in and Ronnie Hood, uh, just they just have so many decent players. Like I just, you know, Lillard's a killer too. McCollin's over there on the side. Like I'd rather have McCollin as my second over, like we mentioned, like Chris Middleton or something like that. I dude, they just they oh, they totally yeah. look. CJ McCollum, look CJ McCollum. In my opinion, he could be a number one. I mean, when that when that dude's got airspace, man, he he's a he's an absolute killer. And you're right, D- Damian Lillard. Definitely should have something between the two of them. Definitely shouldn't be sitting at the nine seed. They 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 brought in uh, Hassan Whiteside too. He's a decent setter. He's streaky, but he's a defensive presence. 
Trevor Ariza, I don't like him as a starter, man. Trevor, I feel like Trevor's one of those players that played with Jordan, didn't he? I mean, he's been in the league for, <laughs> Mike, how long has Trevor Ariza been in the league? He's been in the league 30 years, hasn't he? I, <laughs> the, I, I, the guy ages like a fine wine, Kevin. He really does, like man. I mean, he's still good enough to start for a, for a team that should be in playoff contention. Uh, or maybe that's just to get, maybe that's just it. Maybe he's not good enough. Um, Camaro, uh, Carmelo Anthony is a late season insert. And I'm going to tell you what, gentlemen. The dude came in and started lighting it up. He was playing his role. I uh, I actually like seeing Carmelo get some love. It was absolute garbage that he didn't have a team. He's still, in my opinion, a top 40, top 50 player. It's absolutely horrible that nobody no. gave him a team. You don't think Carmelo's worth his salt? You're telling me right now Carmelo Anthony can't start on a team. If he went to the Cavs, he'd be the best player on the Cavs. He'd be the best player on the Cavs right now. Or the, In fact, he'd be the best player on a lot of teams if he went there right now. You hack, don't like Carmelo. Hack, 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 hey, hack, hack. Oh, man. my goodness. That man has been underperforming. He has done nothing to impress me since maybe his Denver Nuggets days. Ever since then, he's been collecting checks and playing hey, offense. you're talking about a career 23 points per game here. A career 23 point per game. Hey, fun fact, averaging 15 he, points a game for the Trailblazers since he got back in the league. 15 per game, Mike. And he's he, yeah. he's in the best role Dude, too because he's not he's not looked at as the number one anymore. You know, totally. You're talking you're talking about the days with him with the Knicks and everything when he was the only thing on that damn team. Yeah, when he was more uh, more excited about going out and grabbing dinners than working in the gym. Man, that guy's never been a hustler, never been a worker. And uh, you know, for someone that he compared to LeBron James when he, they both came to the league together, uh, Carmelo's just an eye guy, uh, a poor man's Kobe Bryant. He doesn't do it for me, man. I, I, I would agree with that. Historically, uh, yeah, he he was uh, the ultimate ISO ball player. Never great on defense. Never in the pinnacle of his, you know, what his body could do in terms of shape. Um, I, I agree. I, I would consider him an underachiever, even though career twenty three points per game. I think he was averaging close to twenty five as a Nick, um, even probably higher with you know than that with the Denver uh, with the Denver Nuggets. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. How come LeBron? How come LeBron, Chris Paul, and Dwayne Wade all best friends with him? How come nobody ever wants to play with Carmelo? Uh, I think it was situational, but yeah, no. Look, man, these guys have. They, I mean, Chris Bosh got the totally, invite. Carmelo totally, didn't. <laughs> totally. Now the contract situation was a little bit weird there. Maybe, maybe you know, maybe contracts had already been signed. I, I don't. But you're look, man. You're right. It, it, it's true. They uh, they never did, and they've facilitated a lot of moves. I mean, let's get serious. Those guys have played basically wherever they've wanted to, except for Chris Paul landed in OKC this year. But um, yeah, for the most part, they've been able to facilitate the league pretty good. Very good, very good point, Mike. But hey, let me just say this: as a third or a fourth option, Carmelo Anthony right now has 15 points per game. He could be doing worse, man. And not to mention, if you're uh, if you're uh, you know in the ownership, if you're a GM, he's selling tickets, man. People want to see him play, especially even even though he's 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 well past his prime. Um, Sounds like you and Jake want to watch him play. <laughs> I, yeah, he should be playing the G League somewhere. Hey, hey man. Hey, hey. Like I said, to Jeez. that point, to that point, I'm not I'm not signing him up to win the championship. Like you said, uh, he's a third or fourth option, bro. Like. 15 points a game, like what do you what else do you want from a bench player now yeah. anymore, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. All right, guys. Any other uh any other disappointments? Mike, anybody else? Jake, anybody else you guys want to talk about? Yeah, I'll tell you who's disappointed the heck out of me, man. It's the Cleveland Cavaliers. And they weren't expected big things. <laughs> but 19 and 46, what are these guys Damn. doing? They're building their team like an early <laughs> 1980s team with uh Tristan Thompson and Andre Drummond. 
Uh, Colin Sexton, I thought you were going to be emerging this year. You've you've regressed. Oh yeah. Uh, Larry Nance, you're back home. Larry, Kevin Love, should we just trade him? Like, what are the Cavs doing? I'm a. They are one of the highest. I'll tell you what they're doing, Mike. And they they have no direction. Uh, they're a distraction every single night, and it's despicable that every time LeBron James leaves, that they were just awful. Yes. They're an awful watch. I try to watch them. I'm a huge Cavs fan. But again, when Jordan retired, guess what? The Bulls almost went back to the championship. LeBron leaves, and there is nothing. Nobody. It is just a disgrace. And Cavs, get your stuff together because, man, we can't support this franchise right Mike, now. Mike, it's such it's so much part of our fandom to bring up the Cavs. I'm with you, man. I And check this out. They are the worst franchise to ever win an NBA championship or probably ever will win an NBA championship, man. Um, Dan Gilbert is despicable. The way that he runs shop is despicable. The way that he, you know, the way that LeBron left the first year, everybody says, oh, LeBron, it's his fault. No, no, no. Got them to a finals against the Spurs with the worst team known to man. Up until that point, the Boston Celtics, when they went up against Jordan in the finals with Gary Payton, that was the worst finals team ever until the Cavaliers came around when they played the Spurs huh. and got swept four games in a row. That I'm telling you, man, they are the absolute worst franchise, and LeBron made them, absolutely made them. That that championship probably le- should have never happened, man. The least in the East, man. In the worst conference, you're the worst team. And again, it is our fandom coming out because I'm a huge Cavs guy, but it's more just a frustration that – you guys aren't even competing. Well, you know what's sad about You're it? You're not even playing. It's sad, it's sad that it's small market. It's, it's small market teams deal with this. Small market teams have to rely purely on the draft. Um, they have to build their team through the draft, which always takes time. And uh, getting free agents, key free agents, you have to ridiculously overpay. And most of the time when you land them, they're not actually that marquee. Case in point, Andre Drummond, right? Um, I think made his name this last year for rebounding, but realistically, who the hell cares about Andre Drummond? You know, he's a role player at best in any other team that's competing. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you with the. Uh, yeah, I'm with you with the Cavs, man. It's, it's a shame. It's a shame. Jake. Yeah, it's a real shame that you guys took. I was going to say it's a real shame. The biggest disappointment is you guys stole my coach uh, John Beeline from Michigan. Guy that got us to the uh, championship game in the Final Four, what two two times in the last six seven years? A consistent uh, Final Four guy. All of a sudden, he just gets that little uh, gets that little check from uh, your boy Dan, and now all of a sudden we are look, looking a little rough. <laughs> I mean, I, I like I like our new I like our new guy Juwan, but come on, man. I was so disappointed when I seen them. Like of all teams to go to, you guys went. Like, you went to the Cleveland Cavs. Dude, like dude. why? Like you said, Mike. What, dude, for John what? Beeline had to come out of resurrection, not retirement. Resurrection. The dude literally had. To, he was on life support. They had. To, they had to give him uh, electroshock just to wake him up before every game. The dude pees dust. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. He was awesome. He was awesome for. I, I get you. I get you. His former glories. But my goodness, I I could not be Jake. I'll tell you, man. I could not believe the move. When they brought him in, I'm thinking to myself, what? With the young – and I think they're probably thinking, well, these, you know, such a young team and a college coach and maybe he can drive. But this is the deal, man. He's never dealt with players that got millions and millions and millions of dollars. I don't care if they're – you know, the players he's dealing with are 20 years old and these guys are 22. They got millions. That's a difference. They're now men. 
It's not it's it's not a kid's it's not a kid's game in the NBA, man. That I never understood that. I know they wanted like an authoritarian in there, and I know they wanted a guy that was a little bit hard nosed to get these kids in line. But holy hell, they got it wrong. Yeah, that was that was that was a major major poor hire, poor hire for sure. Kev, one one more team too. Just want to weigh on the Minnesota Timberwolves. Carl Anthony Towns, man, I I hear all the time, and I watch him. He's such an awesome player. And now they got D'Angelo Russell, nineteen and forty five. You got to stop telling me this guy's a top, you know, center in the league or top power forward. You've got to do better than that. And the Phoenix Suns, all these number first round picks, they've got to come together better too. And one one more team I'll add that's a disappointment to me is the Warriors because I want to watch them get hammered every night. And so is the rest of the league. They want to hammer these guys because they were cocky. They were ignorant. They ran a score up on different teams. And I want to see Draymond Draymond Green cry every single night I could possibly do it. Yes, absolutely. My goodness. If if there was one dude in the world that I I would make sure or that if I had a magic wand and there was one dude in the world that I wish never won another competition in his life, whether it was playing basketball in the NBA finals or playing marbles on the weekends with his friends. I don't care. I don't want him to win anything ever again. Cannot stand Draymond. Hell of a player, but cannot did you stand say, him. Did you say marbles? Are we uh, little rascals yep. right now? Yep, that's right. I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying. Eve. I'm saying. To the day the man is in a retirement home, and the only thing he can do is flick a marble with his thumb. I want him to lose those games too. That's that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't want him to win anything for the rest of yeah. his life. You know, <laughs> me neither. Yeah, that's right, dude. That's uh, that's it, man. I don't want him to win nothing. All right. Guys, look, what we were going to do is we were going to talk about our finals predictions. But look, we're getting a little long in the tooth on this episode. So we're going to save that for the next episode. We will go ahead and start off our next podcast talking about who we like in the finals, who we like is the uh, the people who will represent the East or the team that will represent the East and the team that will represent the West and ultimately who we think is going to win the crown this year. So, gentlemen, great episode. Loved it. It's fun to talk NBA. I get very, very excited about it. I've been thinking about this all week. So we will be back next week. And before we leave, want to go ahead and, uh, and give an emotional thought or not necessarily an emotional thought, but um, an inspirational thought. And it's, it's something about trying to do your best to become the best version of yourself, trying to do your best to learn from every situation. So this is very simple, very... Uh, very safe and uh, very motivating for everybody. Rather than being your thoughts and emotions, be the awareness behind them. Learn from every situation, become team players, unity, band together, that's what we need. Guys, we will be back next week. We are FanPov, we are out. Have a good one. Fan POV Podcast.